This time on episode 322 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Jessica Jones, season 2, episode 1, a.k.a. start at the beginning, and season 2, episode 2, a.k.a. freak accident, and weekly Marvel news. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, March 8th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Michelle, happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Here you're supposed to post on social media with a hashtag International Women's Day. Yes, people have been doing that. Okay. So happy International Women's Day to you and to all of the women out there. Of course, this won't be posted for another week or so. So I hope you've enjoyed your International Women's Day. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of being on brunch terms. If you would like to talk to us about Brunch Buddies, you can check us on our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a message about your favorite brunch on our voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can leave a message for us on our Facebook page at Legends of Shield Podcast at what time you eat Sunday brunch. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can leave us a YouTube message and comment on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gonna geek all about your favorite brunch. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com brunch network. So, Michelle, we're without Agent Haley today. She is without internet. That is a tragedy. It is. And when you move. You know, sometimes you think ahead and you schedule your internet for when, you know, you actually move in. And if you're Haley, you obviously don't. Or you do and they, they're full or they claim to be, you know, not be able to schedule for a week or blah, 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 blah. Maybe they're busy at brunch. Who knows? We're also without Agent Lauren, who hopes to be back here next week. She just had a family thing she had to do today. In the meantime, it's you and me. We're getting ready to delve back into Jessica Jones. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Jessica Jones, season two, episode one, the premiere episode of season two, a.k.a. start at the beginning and season two, episode two, a.k.a. freak accident premiered on Netflix, March 8th, 2018. Michelle, who's the creative team behind the season premiere? 
Okay, first, before we do this, you realize it's March 8th and March 8th. Okay, that's weird. That's weird. I almost said March 8th, 2020. <laughs> so yeah, it is two years ago <laughs> since this premiered on Netflix. <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's good. I just noticed. <laughs> I know. That was kind of where I'm like, ah, okay, March 8th, 2018, two years ago today. Um, AKA Start at the Beginning uh, was directed by Anna Forrester, has 12 directing credits starting in 2011, including five Criminal Minds, two Unforgettable, four Outlander, one Jessica Jones, two Carnival Row, and one Westwood. And the episode was written by Melissa Rosenberg, who has 22 writing credits starting in 1993, including three episodes of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, three Dark Skies, five of The Agency, one Birds of Prey, two of The OC, eight Dexter, one Red Widow and three Jessica Jones, and she is the creator of Jessica Jones, the show. Before I get into the creative team for the second episode of the season, I just want to ask you a little bit of comparison. So we're just off of Legion. We're coming back to Jessica Jones. Both series we've covered before in a couple of seasons argue that Jessica Jones was part of the Defenders. Did you get a different feeling from the season premiere of Jessica Jones season two versus Legion season three? Of course. I just felt like it was just better put together more deep and more robust and everything i don't know i can't explain it It just seemed better to me it's almost like coming home back to you know the traditional marvel and netflix stuff true aka freak accident was directed by minky spiro minky has 37 directing credits starting in 1997 two episodes of no angels two episodes of skins Five episodes of Downton Abbey, and every time I want to say Downtown Abbey, I know it's Downton Abbey. One episode of Jessica Jones, one episode of Here and Now, two episodes of Better Call Saul, one episode of Barry, one episode of Foss Verdon, eight episodes of Pieces of Her. The episode was written by Ada Mashaka Kroll, who has four writing credits starting in 2008. 132 episodes of One Life to Live. And if you have been on a soap opera writing for 132 episodes, my, my, I'm glad that you're able to do other things too, like Jessica Jones and two episodes of Turn, Washington Spies, four episodes of Luke Cage, and including this one, two episodes of Jessica Jones. The creative team is definitely something that has a more rounded, feel to it i guess than legion did especially season three which was almost all in-house with just a handful of people oh by the way jessica jones is based on the marvel comic by brian michael bendis and michael gatos we haven't done this for a while because it really (laughs) hadn't made sense for the titles but before we get to that we haven't done jessica jones for a while free show was talking to michelle about how long it has been michelle Were you part of the podcast the last time we did Jessica Jones? Well, I did a few episodes of Daredevil season one. I was part of, well, let's see. I did, I did the defenders. I think I might've done a couple of Jessica Jones, but I think, you know, I was, I'll go back and make sure I was primarily I did the Punisher. I did a few Daredevil. I did the Defenders, Iron Fist, and the Punisher. And I think I did a couple of episodes of Jessica Jones, but 
I really wasn't like a full, I was still a consultant back then. Okay. Well, I had to go back in my way back machine because I'm like, I don't remember a lot of Jessica Jones season one. I mean, I remember the whole purple man thing and the mind racking bit and everything, but I'm like, I don't remember every. So I'm like, how long ago was that? The last time we covered Jessica Jones was 2016, which is four years ago. And the last time we covered the defenders was three years ago in 2017. So it's been a while y'all. And in today in the background, I've had season one of Jessica Jones playing just in the background, just to get a sense of what happened in season one. I didn't get through all of it, like the first five episodes. That's just about it. And I wasn't watching it intently. I do remember, well, after watching Jessica Jones the first season, I said, I wasn't going to rewatch it. So I didn't really rewatch it. I'm more just getting pointers at what happened, but it's been a minute and it took me a while to get my feet underneath me again, right from the beginning, because they came into it with the grand assumption that you knew exactly what was going on. And that's fine. Back in 2016, I probably would have, but or 2018 when this season came out. But it's been another two years. My memory isn't as good as it used to be. I they tried to make it seamless for those who watch season one and drop little tidbits for in case people who either didn't watch season one or are like us have wide time span between. Because I did go over a few times about her being called a vigilante, a killer, or a hero. And they did talk about, like, I think Kilgrave or the Purple Man was mentioned. There's also that conversation with Trish about it all. So I think they were trying to build it into the conflict and fill people back in without being too, like, have a conversation and here's a whole bunch of exposition for five minutes, really boring everybody. Matter of fact, the whole thing with Jerry Hogarth and her exes and what happened there and everything that was wonderfully weaved into the storyline there. So the first episode, the premiere episode was titled start at the beginning. We often relate the theme of the episode to the title of the episode. Michelle, what do you got here? Start at the beginning. Trish is forcing Jessica to investigate and examine her origins as a powered individual. I think some of that is benevolent and a lot of it is not. And we can get into that later, but that's, that's okay. Yeah, we will go with that. We'll start at the beginning. And then also the second episode was entitled freak accident. What is your link to the theme of that episode? A couple of things. One the guy dies by a car accident and somebody actually says it's a freak accident. And then you could also look at, well, Jessica sees herself as a freak. Maybe she was an accident as well. Okay, because we really didn't get an origin story the first time around. We got the now she has powers and she's discovering her powers, sort of thing. But we never got the incident that created her powers in season one, at least not that I can remember. I do remember her breaking the sink. In their childhood home, but I I don't remember anything other than that. And we got the flashbacks of the car accident again, which supposedly created everything as well. So okay, I'll go with it. And you had a note in here about since Trish is trying to force Jessica into at least facing her path. Do you think that's a good idea? No. Professional tip here, people aggressively 
forcing people to face their trauma. Is it healthy? Trish is very, she's almost like a freight train going at top speed. Part of it is really because she wants to do this story. Trish wants to do something that matters. And she thinks exposing this will help a bunch of people. But in order to do that, she needs to prove it. And her best way to proving it is to have Jessica go through and face all of it. But Trish's tactics are rough. Rough indeed. Oh, yeah, you lost this 17 years ago in my storage unit. Here you go. It's the ashes of her family. That's wow. Being faced with that, I have a problem with it too. Although, I mean, at some point in time, you got to deal with it. 17 years is a little bit long, but just dropping it on her desk isn't exactly a great thing either. In her defense, she did try to say it was a private conversation, try to get Malcolm out of there, and he stayed and then left because he knew he had to. But yeah, I don't know if I would have gone about it that way. Jessica's usually the rough one. It wasn't easy seeing Trish being rough. I know. The events from season one opened Trish's eyes to a different world. In season one, she just knew Jessica had abilities, but really didn't understand the bigger picture. Now she has this whole, like, wants to be Lois Lane. It's the only really comparison I could think of. I know it's crossing the streams, but it's like she wants to be Lois Lane. I could kind of see that. And she did go through the Defenders season as well. So she got to experience the other powered humans along with Jessica and, and go through that kind of horrifying thing that they had to go through. Trish has other things going on in her life too, but before we get to that, I just want to make a note. We've already talked about Malcolm. We talked about Trish. We talked about Trish's mom. We talked about, or if we, we kind of talked about Trish's mom because of the brunch conversation before. We talked about Malcolm. These are all complex and interesting characters. And this is one of the lovely things about Jessica Jones is that you just you know these characters, and they're being in kind of off-the-wall situations in a normal world. And it was just really refreshing to get back to that sort of thing where you could kind of identify with the characters. And yet, I don't know if there's a hero among them or a a protagonist among them, maybe anti-protagonist. But I don't think there's a true hero here. I mean, the series is titled Jessica Jones, but Jessica's not just the sole lead character of this. I know. Speaking of Malcolm, I really like how the writers in these first two episodes, they just dropped all these little things. Malcolm said he was up working because of the whole attic thing. We learned about him with Habitat for Humanity because he is still fixing Jessica's apartment. She fires him. He doesn't take it seriously. (laughs) And he's been waiting for that private investigating moment. And it's almost as though right now, Jessica is passive. She just wants to take pictures of people cheating on each other, get paid, have meaningless sex, and get drunk. And that's the pattern that she wants right now. She wants to be in a rut. She wants to be in the dark. And when you're in that, you're not really eager or open to 
like a triggering action or that call to action. It has to be, she needs something to get her interest. And I like how it really wasn't something Trish gave her. It came in this wizard guy. Poor wizard. R.I.P. wizard. That was a tough one. So he comes into her and you don't know if they're just making fun of the fandom or maybe this guy really does have powers. That Both of those things went through my mind when I first saw wizard. Because he says he's really fast. Well, he's no flash. He's not fit or anything. He's heavy set dude. And so you're thinking, uh, maybe he's just another one of those con going fans that they throw in to these shows. Turns out, no, he actually had powers that manifested when he had fear. So he had the ability to go fast, but he just stood there when the gantry collapsed over him. Yeah. Don't know if that sat well with me or not. I would have thought that his powers would have let him get out of the way there. Well, first off, triggered by fear. So when you have that fear, it's fight or flight. He ran and he was actually, there was actually something already there stopping him. And if you, you know, when you're in that weird construction sidewalk thing, it's very difficult to just go and cross the street. I lived in Chicago for a while and those things, it's, they were just everywhere and he just didn't know. So he was stopped. He was looking at Jessica. He's trying to figure out how to go. And then it fell on him because you have to realize he was frightened. Right. And when you're frightened, you're trying to make his body was fast. His mental processes weren't fast. He was just fast. Okay, I was thinking he could have run towards Jessica and avoided the gantry as it was collapsing. She was kind of beating him up. Well, she was saying she didn't want to hurt him at that point that she understood him and she believed him. Again, he actually said fear-based power. I don't know when the last time you've been afraid, SP. I know when I've been afraid. Thinking doesn't... You know, right now we're here, we're calm. We can logically say well yes but have to remember wizard was afraid very afraid okay that's fair enough because when i was teaching my kids how to drive that was yeah that was scary yeah <laughs> every single time some more than others but all right so rip wizard and wizard has kind of a unique house it's boarded up he's kind of one of those conspiracy theorists sort of i'm just describing his lifestyle it's not that he's conspiracy theorist it was sheltered and whatever what was interesting is he had a pet mongoose who has a pet mongoose where do you get a mongoose this is like lisa vanderpump like from vanderpump rules or like beverly hills housewives she has swans where do you get swans where do you get a mongoose how do you get these things as pets there is such a thing as an exotic pet license that you have to get in certain states and exotic pet dealers that you have to go through in order to get these things so it is possible however in a lot of states it's illegal to have some of these things as pets of swans i would think that you could just create a natural habitat for them and they would stick around but mongoose he definitely needed his cage to go run around and when wizard didn't come back Emil, Emil is the mongoose name. Emil got out. And I don't think we've seen the last of Emil. I think that we're going to see Emil again 
in this season. I have not seen the remaining episodes of Jessica Jones. I know you have, but it's been a minute. So I don't know if we'll see Emil again. It's just too nice of a thing to bring up and not get Emil again. I like how she opened the bathroom door when the cops were coming and she was like, go get him, Emil. Give him hell. <laughs> yeah, why not? Another character that we got from the past was Simpson. And as I'm watching these season one episodes, by the way, both Malcolm and Simpson, they came across very different than how they are now in season three. I mean, Malcolm, he was a drug addict. He had stolen TV and his life was collapsing around him. Now he's got a relationship, a job, he's helpful, and he wants to contribute to society. Simpson went through that whole thing of he was a in the military, became a cop when he got out of the military, thought he killed Trish, went through the whole weird relationship he had with Trish, and then ended up pretty much thinking that he died at the end, but the doctor gave him pills and resurrected him or, or something like that. So we get Simpson back this season, and he's trying to protect Trish. And it took two episodes to get to that. I'm glad we were able to watch both episodes because I would have been pontificating on Simpson for quite a bit. And uh, I didn't know what side he was on either. That was wonderfully done by the writers. You had no idea where Simpson was going to lie in this episode. And when we learn about Simpson, we learn that he's been watching Trish and protecting Trish. But we also learn that Trish is also being watched and pursued by something else. And there were a lot of those camera angles of someone observing Trish. So you're wondering, when was it Simpson? I mean, we saw the inhaler, so we know there's a couple of times when it definitely was Simpson. But I think there's a few times where it was what they're calling right now the monster. I think so, too. And what exactly is the monster? I don't know. And you could argue that several of the characters could be labeled as monsters in these two episodes based on what happened to him. So monster, I don't know if we're going to get AKA the monster later on as an episode title or not, but one of these titles could have been AKA the monster. That's a theme throughout the season. I don't remember. I know who the monster is. I remember parts of that. A lot of this season is that whole notion of Trish thinking, when you have great power, you have the responsibility of helping people. And Jessica is like, okay, I have a bunch of powers, but why can't I just have a life? Why do I have to go and save everyone? Can't I just have powers and then sit at home and binge Netflix? Where is that? And a key thing was said by Max. Yes, Max, pervert, awful crummy human being but something he said was actually true that trish fears being just ordinary she wants something more she's always wanted something more she still got her super dress though from when she was younger still fits that was funny and she went to the birthday party to barter for the uh the document there and then, of course, she says the S word in front of a bunch of little kids. That was interesting because they were having a conversation away from the kids. So you thought they were isolated enough from the kids. But yet she said the S words and all the kids immediately went. <gasps> so obviously, kids, man, kids. Yeah. You say a dirty word and they got it. And 
you brought up Max, and with Max, now we have the trifecta. We've got the anger management from Jessica, who clearly had... She was being played, first of all, by Chang, and, and led down the road to create a physical confrontation so that she could get sued and whatever. She has to go to anger management classes. She flies off the handle quite easily, so I don't know if it's an issue that needs to be counseled and her to go through anger management, but she's super powered, so might as well deal with it. He had, in my opinion, sexual abuse. I know Max has his side of the story. I will just say it's sexual abuse because he was, he had to be 40 and she was 15. That was wrong. And then, of course, mental illness. And I say mental illness from the aspect of the wizard because he brought up mental illness. So you have all these serious topics being confronted in this show right off the bat in the first two episodes. And I'm glad that the show continues to explore these topics because they do and have done a good job at it. It's, it was very hard to watch in the first season, but it is part of the show, in my opinion. That is one of the really good things about this show. I think Jessica Jones, out of all of them, deals with a lot more complicated themes than the others. I know Luke Cage deals with several issues in a really good way. But Jessica Jones has a lot of that emotional complexity and themes, moral ambiguity. Who is the hero? Some people, I think there are some people out there who agree with Trish and some people out there that agree with Jessica. And maybe there's people out there that don't agree with either of them. And it's just, yeah, it's that tug. It's almost the Punisher sort of thing where we can see the Punisher in his plight. But on the outside looking in, the Punisher has done some really, really, really bad things. And yes, he still has done some really bad things, but his plight has been more good than bad when it comes down to it. He just has a certain way of going about it. And this is that same world. So you do have the Punisher, you have Daredevil, you have Luke Cage, you have Iron Fist all in the same universe, and they're all approaching their own problems and confronting them in a certain way that ends up affecting a lot of the other humans, particularly in New York City, since they're centered on New York City. So it's been a minute since you've seen these episodes. Are you glad that you're rewatching it for the second time here? Yes, because I get to talk about it. Okay. You get your therapy session in your Legends of Field patented therapy session. Do you watch? Exactly. That? Okay. Yeah, I'm glad we're finally getting to it. I've missed the Netflix shows. I'm glad we covered Cloak and Dagger and The Runaways when we did rather than finishing off the Netflix series, just because I liked the series and was able to watch them in almost real time at the end there. Now we can take some time to go back and finish off these Netflix shows before the Disney plus shows start rolling in on us. I'm glad we're finally getting to do this. Not only are we doing season two, eventually we'll get to season three, which is the last Netflix show that we'll get to, but we're going to do all of the other seasons in between here. So is there anything else you'd like to say about Jessica Jones season two, episode one and two? Jerry's diagnosis, which I apologize. I didn't realize that when I was doing the notes, I put that in there. You don't get the actual diagnosis until a different episode. I did not mean to spoil what she actually has. And then the show notes, I, I apologize for that. Well, in episode two, by the way, in episode two, like first you're like, is this cancer? Is this a defender sort of thing where you had the, the whole cancer thing going on? But in episode two, it's definitely a motor control 
function issue. So I just didn't know what it was, whether it was MS, ALS, something that is motor control related. I didn't know what it was. And it's actually a subplot for throughout the season. Okay. So it's not just like touched on here. Jerry has her own arc throughout the season. That part I remember. Carrie Ann Moss is wonderful. They really bring out the character of Jerry Hogarth through her and she must have fun playing that character. So a very self-aware lawyer and just deals in power and manipulation and stuff like that. And she is now facing uh, something on her own that she can't lawyer her way out of. And I haven't seen further, but I was expecting that to be interesting as things go forward. But Carrie Ann Moss does the character of Jerry Hogarth really well. I can't for the life of me think of anyone else who could do the character as well as Carrie Ann Moss. I'm sure there's others that could do it just as well, but Carrie Ann Moss is doing it at the top of her game. And all these actors are great to see on the set, every single one of them. And that opening scene with her accepting that award, that was Hogarth in a nutshell. Yeah. And to watch it, I watched it today. So I watched it on International Women's Day. So it was kind of fitting <laughs> to open up. Okay, here we go. International Women's Day, Jerry Hogarth. So next Sunday, we will be running down Jessica Jones season two, episode three and four, a.k.a. Soul Survivor and a.k.a. God Help the Hobo. There are 13 episodes in season two, so it'll take us six and a half weeks to get through it. Actually, seven weeks, because we're not going to do a half a week. <laughs> it'll, it'll be seven weeks to get through. And that'll be it for Jessica Jones for this week. Well, I have a bit of news. If you love interconnected Marvel things, you're going to like this. There was a leaked fan photo from the Loki TV show, and it shows that Roxxon will be making an appearance on the show, seen on both a school bus repurposed into evacuation settle and a nearby shopping cart. For those of you who are perhaps don't know about Roxxon, a skyscraper bearing the Roxxon name was briefly seen in the background of the Los Angeles skyline in the original Iron Man film with a Formula One team in Iron Man 2, seen sponsored by Roxxon. Roxxon's cameos have continued in a Marvel Cinematic Universe short film at a gas station visit by Phil Coulson while en route to investigate Thor's hammer in New Mexico while Iron Man 3 had a Roxxon executive captured by the Ten Rings. Roxxon has also had a significant presence in Marvel television productions, appearing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, Daredevil, and most prominently Cloak and Dagger, in addition to smaller shoutouts in Runaways and Iron Fist. It is unclear what role the corporation will play in Loki, but will hopefully amount to more than a fleeing cameo. And it's like, it brings back those warm feelings of hashtag, it's all connected. A funny thing happened on the way to New Mexico, I believe was the short with Phil Coulson as he was headed off to Thor and Thor's hammer, which every time I see a crater in Arizona or New Mexico or, or something like that, especially if it's an aerial shot, I'm looking in the middle for, for the little ejecta cone that's right in the middle. I'm looking, oh, is that Thor's hammer in there? Is that Thor's hammer? So it's just kind of funny in real life to be able to look to that because of Thor. 
And uh, Bill Colson, by the way, did all his own stunts in that short. For those listeners, I'm shaking my head. No, I'm just giving props to Phil Colson and all his abilities, even though he did not do those stunts. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this Loki series. I'm looking forward to all the Disney Plus series. And I'm wondering, philosophically, if we're going to get movement forward in the MCU or this is all really going to be retrospective and just closing out the phase three. I know the Loki series takes place after Endgame. It's supposed, I think it's supposed to be him, the version who took the Tesseract and gets to go time hopping. I think that's the version that's supposed to be in the television show. WandaVision, which I know, I think wrapped already. I have no idea what that's about because all the promotional material, first there's like that black and white, like she's almost like that 50s housewife sort of deal. I like the fact there's this weird mystery about what WandaVision could be. A lot of people had the same mysteries look into The Mandalorian before it came out on Disney Plus because nobody really knew what direction they were going to go. Nobody knew about Baby Yoda. I know spoilers for something that's out everywhere now. Even the Disney Plus commercials have Baby Yoda in it now. And I think that they're just having fun with it and doing a great job and keeping people on their toes about what's really going to happen. So far, Disney Plus has not disappointed me one bit. I have not seen The Clone Wars Season 7 because I'm still on Season 1. I think you have seen Season 7? I've seen the first one. I need to catch up, but so far... Are they dropping them once a week like they did The Mandalorian? Okay. So I still am on Season 1 of The Clone Wars, and I honestly won't watch Season 7 until I've seen everything up to it, which, uh, to my chagrin and joy, is a lot. They just had huge, long seasons. I know they're only half an hour episodes, but it's a lot to get through. So it's not going to take me a week, not going to take me a month. I got other stuff I got to watch, like two episodes of Jessica Jones a week and Doctor Who's over with now. But Deadliest Catch is coming up soon. I'll watch that. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's just going to take me a while to get through something. But more and more stuff is on streaming services and less and less stuff is on linear TV. So my focus is shifting more towards the streaming services now versus linear TV, which I guess is a good thing because there's great content available through there. Just running through a few in my head, Altered Carbon, the the Netflix series. I mean, that be the start of it here, but that's all done with Marvel right now. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that's coming out on Disney Plus we just talked about and Prime has The Expanse, which I still have not seen season three yet. Yeah, I know, bad SP, but I haven't seen it yet. So just a ton of stuff out there and I'm glad because I can't wait to actually watch it. And like, if you're my age, even the cable companies got on it because they released a cable streaming only version of mad about you reboot or rehash or whatever you want to call it. Those of you that don't know uh, about mad about you, I encourage you to look it up. It was funny to me when it first came out and I don't know if it'll hold the same truth in but it's just my point is there's so much available on streaming versus linear that you know if you haven't considered cutting the cord maybe now is a good time to consider it i considered it i was ready i already figured out what i was going to replace it with but then i called my provider and then they asked me why and i just went well there's i don't really watch as much there's this cheaper 
alternative. And before I really could finish, they just was like, hold on. And then all of a sudden they could find me a loyalty discount. And they should just give those out. I mean, really, you should just downshift their business model and do it. Like, when was it? I'm trying to remember the year time frame. I don't know, 2010 to 2012, something like that. Maybe it was 2014. Maybe it was sooner than that. I'm just forgetting how long ago it was. The switch with people with actual phone lines to just go, okay, I'm just going to use my cell phone. It happened over the course of a couple of years, but it was almost overnight when you consider the history of the corded telephone. I think we're seeing the same thing. I think we're on the tail end of it right now with the streaming services. So if cable and satellite can't keep up, some of the satellite providers already do have streaming services, but if they can't keep up and lower their prices to keep competitive, people are just going to leave them just out of budgetary reasons. I kept it because it was basically the same price as my alternative. I'm just going to say I was, I was going to do um, Hulu Plus. It was basically the same. Also, didn't have to worry about live sports. My mother loves the live sports. And she actually is one of the people that still watches a lot of network television. Of course, her thing is also Prime. She watches a lot of the Prime. Prime has a lot of like the old PBS masterpiece stuff. And if it's a British show with a private detective, she has watched it. She makes sure she actually contributes to my prime because I go, I don't really order a lot from, you know, Amazon to really get like the free shipping and I could kind of like afford it. But she's just like, no, I have shows. Please keep it. Here's some money. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. We order so much from Amazon Prime and I take fewer and fewer trips to the store that it makes sense for me because that's why I buy stuff or how I buy stuff. Even car maintenance stuff I will buy through Amazon, just wait for it to come. And there's something to be said about the store, the local store. And so I do go and, and uh, still contribute to them. Groceries are still go to the local store. I don't order those and have it delivered. But soon, someday, it's all going to happen. Drones are coming, man. The drones are coming. When everybody dies because of COVID-19, then... Uh, we're only going to get our groceries because drones are going to farm them and deliver it to us before they take over the world and kill us anyway. Wow. That is so psychopaths right now. That's an anime where people have basically moved into the cities and there's no one to farm. So it's all automated and there's no farmers. It's all drones and robots and such. Hmm. I could definitely see that happening coming from a family farm origin to where it is now, where even family farms are corporate. I have a cousin who desperately wants to own his own family farm in Minnesota. And there is a program in Minnesota for farmers to transition their farms to younger people so that they can work through the finances and get from owning a farm to selling the farm and retiring and for the new people to go from wanting to get in and being part of a farm. But it's such a steep cost these days that fewer and fewer people are able to do it without a corporation. There are families that create corporations that farm, but it's fewer and fewer. So I could definitely see something like automation coming along and, and taking over 
even the corporate stuff and and even the stuff that's family owned i i could see that coming from a farming background it'd be sad for me because you know my memories of even though what a pain in the ass it was and hard work and everything like that there's just something about working the the dirt and the animals yourself that yeah it's it there's something that goes away when it's all automated but i digress we were talking about loki and loki could care less about that well, he he liked food when he was king of Asgard. He liked dinner and th- he liked he dinner theater. He basically brought dinner theater to Asgard. And he saved Matt Damon. There you go. All right. So what do you say we go uh, secretly record a in video, a conversation about past events and get this one out? a great week here on legends of shield going back into jessica jones it's like coming home and i can't wait to get to all the rest of the netflix stuff and i really can't wait to get to agents of shield so thank you our listener for staying in there with us as we are in the hiatus between the penultimate and finale seasons of agents of shield yes thank you for your interactions twitter discord we really appreciate you listening and interacting with us and With that, I'll wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. We'll see you all next week, hopefully with Agent Lauren and Agent Haley back. Yeah, bye. Bye. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hello. Hey, Michelle, what's up? Not much. How was your weekend? Not bad. Did you do your game today? Part of it, the, um, oh my goodness. Yeah? So the game store, they lost power. So for safety reasons, you know, they, they can't let us stay, even though we all have like cell phones and stuff and there's went light, but there's safety reasons. This woman, apparently she was older, I guess. There's a gas station like behind. She went through the gas station, broke through the wall. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's because it's up on a hill. So the wall's like, here flew over the alley hit a pole snapped it and then thunk then the car landed and then the car landed and then the car landed uh, so how fast was she going don't know but she had to have been because she broke through that wall that's a good 30 to 40 miles an hour depends on what kind of wall yeah depending on the car but yeah they were just like yeah and that's what cut off your power. Yeah, that's what cut off their power. 
So you just pick it up next week? Yeah. So, you know, Heather, which is our VA over on Starling Tribune. Mm-hmm. Like four years ago, she got me this mug. This is a huge, like 20 ounce coffee mug. And oh, that's nice. Yeah. Nelson and Murdoch. So she got it for me for uh, the Netflix shows that we go through here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I I hadn't used it so long that I had to rewash it before I <laughs> went to actually use it in the coffee machine today. Yeah. There was a blue mark on the side. It looks like a pen mark or something like that. I don't remember putting it on there, but I had to scrape that off. A couple other things. And with ceramic, you can do that. I'm not, I'm not scraping the ceramic. I'm scraping the ink mark that came off. In preparation for this, I was like, okay, I'm not fully remembering everything of Jessica Jones. How long has it been? I looked into our Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. webpage. 2016 was the last episode we did on Jessica Jones. Wow. Now, you could say, oh, but wait, SP, (laughs) we've done episodes on the Defenders. You would be right. We have done episodes on the Defenders in 2017. (laughs) Oh, no. So it's been three years since we touched the Netflix stuff, at least up to the Defenders. But Punisher, I think we did. I want to say we did that either last year or late in 2018. But yeah, as far as Jessica Jones, we haven't touched it for a long time. Wow. That is something. Yep. I was supposed to get outside, didn't I? Peter was giving me fits again. Actually, your track on the previous episode, I didn't get that right. It, was, it wasn't rendering right. It was cutting off your phrases and stuff like that. And I thought, well, you know, maybe that's just how the raw track is. Because, you know, sometimes with your microphone and whatever your noise gate is set at, sometimes it sounds like that. And I checked, nope, raw file was fine. So I had to go back and re-render it and that took a couple of tries too because remember last week i was saying that i had redone my computer i had upgraded to a larger hard drive for the operating system yeah well i had to go in and reauthorize all the plugins that i was using in the editing software so like the rx elements rx5 and rx7 i use both and SPL Dverb and it just literally wasn't rendering the tracks properly until I enabled them. So okay. Go figure. It was a cloned hard drive. It shouldn't have mattered, but I guess some of the plugins authorized to the computer. And I don't know if it's the motherboard or what. And some of them authorized the hard drive. So oh well. Yeah. I also had to rebuy as I was publishing last episode was 320 i haven't published 321 yet so 320 i published and i went in to do all the id3 tags that go along with the file and my Mm -hmm. tag and rename software wasn't working right like what or it wasn't working (laughs) at all and it said you need to reauthorize okay fine i bought this so i can go authorize it well the problem is i was using version three there now on version four I bought it probably at version one or two in 2015. 
and it's five years later. The authorization code didn't work, so I had to rebuy that. Aww. 30 bucks. You know, I've used the crap out of it. 30 bucks, that's fine. I, I really enjoy the software, too. I was like, okay, I'll give them a tip of the hat here. Because most people probably don't use it that long. Okay, if you're continuing to develop it and support it, then I'll support you. But don't make me do it again for another five years. <laughs> Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.